Christ today, I'm going to read chapter 12 of, of Duncan's War. So here I go. Shoot him, the captain repeated, raising his voice in annoyance. Shoot him dead, the lieutenant hesitated for an instant, and then, and in that instant, Dame McBride stepped forward, goggling viciously with her one eye and wagging the knob of her stick threateningly. Ah, you've ganged a done a job of it, lady, she said, cackling with laughter. This time, it's an English dandy you've become, is it? Woman, what are you talking about? replied the captain, looking up from his screening. He grew pale as he studied the old woman. I I see it in your eyes, Eddie, Dame McBron continued. You can who I am. Right well you can. I uh, uh I said the captain weakly, now flushed flush of embarrassment rising it on his face. Is that ye, Auntie McMorag? Auntie I can the answer, he added, his feigned English accent fading. He seemed to wither under the old woman's one-eyed gaze. Aye, and your shameful excuse for a nephew, laddie, she said. I landed betrayer of the covenant and a Presser of the Kirk, and leading these other wee lads along with it. I'm ashamed to own ye as my own kin. Shame on ye! Shame on ye! Oh, Auntie Morag, his face trailed off. Now be gone with ye, Eddie, she said, adding an even more vicious waggle of her stick. Mend your ways and stop bringing grief to honest folk and come peacefully to hear the gospel preaching. The unfortunate captain's company of dragoons looked in wonder. Surely their commander would not give in, in, in to an old woman. Yes, auntie, he replied meekly. See that ye do mend them, she said. Or I'll be laying by your heels. Now be gone with a lot of you. She dismissed the dragoons with a final shake of her stick. The captain sheathed his sword, and with a yank of his reins, he spurred the horse into a gallop and disappeared over the ridge. His greeny company turned reluctantly and followed. For a moment, no one breathed a word. I'll lay him by the heels yet said dame mcbride and i to think i used to change his nappy he's no alexander thompson or corporal deeds said john nelson to lard bearscup neither of that lot would have walked away auntie or no auntie and left us at peace to hear the word of god preached praise be to God, these dragoons weren't under the command of either of those monsters, a great bear's cup, stuffing a twist of tobacco into the bowl of his ivory pipe. 
groans came from where the woman sat on Mr. Crookshanks. Free the minister, called Nelson. The woman stood at Duncan the woman stood at Duncan's father, and several others sprang to help the minister to his feet. We regret treating you with such apparent dis- disrespect, said Laird Bearscope. But Mr. Crookshanks, you must understand we did it for your own good, and the good of your flock. Taking deep breaths of air, Mr. Crookshanks waved a reassuring hand on, on, at the men. Think no more of it, said the, minis- the minister said when he had recovered. God moves in mysterious ways. He has granted us a deliverance beyond human explanation. Praise and glory be to him for it. Duncan returned Fiona to his family. When Mr. Crookshanks led the congregation in singing singing a psalm, Duncan did not join him. With a heavy heart, he made his way down the hill to the spot where he last saw Broody snatch the last uh, where he last saw Broody. Snatches of the Psalm 105 drifted in his ears. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, to man his deeds may know. Sing ye to him, sing songs, proclaim his wonderful works, each one. He just couldn't sing. What had they done to Broody? Now he ran. Still the words of the psalm sounded in his ears. Think on the works that he that he hath done with admiration greet his wonders and his judgments all which from the mouth received. Duncan blinked back hot angry tears as a still black and white form came into view. He no longer ran. His feet felt by great curling stones as he trudged with heavy with heavy heart toward where his dog was. Only faintly now came the strains of the psalm. He neared where Rudy lay sprawled in the heap. He's gone and he, he remembers how that it may ever stand to a thousand generations. His word he did command, yet not, wi- not, yet not withstanding suffered he non man to do them wrong ye for their sakes he did reprove the kings who were great and strong he dropped to his knees beside his dog the grass and heather surrounding still form uh, was stained crimson and still warm with rudy's blood in a lead ball from the captain's pistol had crashed through Broody's heart, killing him instantly. Duncan slowly ran his fingers through the velvety tufts of the black and white fur of Broody, cooling up Broody's cooling forehead. He stroked the long nose. He stroked the long nose that he had often 
So often nuzzled him awake in the mornings or had nudged him to attention while tending the sheep. There was no breath, no response. Rudy had gone forever. Um, for a long time, Duncan felt the in the heater. He felt numb. He vaguely realized that the service must have ended by now, and the people were walking silently past him. Jamie halted at his side and moved on. Moved on. Ancient Briar said something like, "Rudy's a hero. He died a hero. He died a hero, and he." He's to be remembered a hero. He's to be remembered a hero. Duncan thought he heard a catch in the Grier's voice as he said it. Mr. Crookshanks placed his hand placed his hand on Duncan's placed his hand on Duncan's head for a moment, but said nothing. Laird Facebook drew his claim. And Duncan heard of the scramping of earth, and his good man dug a hole. Duncan, Duncan held Rudy's limp form in his arms for a moment, and slowly lowered his dog into the hole. He tried arranging the head, the feet, and tail so they looked right. They didn't. He looked. He lifted the dog out of the hole. Lord Periscope handed Duncan his claimant. There were other things I'd rather do with this sword, thought Duncan. He gripped the hilt until his knuckles shone white through the brass pattern of the protected basket head. A tremor of emotion. Motion made the blade quiver. Then suddenly, to suddenly to the task at hand, he enlarged the hole to make more room for Brody's head. Once more, he lowered Brody into the grave. He felt he felt a choke on his throat as he scooped sod and earth into the hole. Into the hole. First lettering. The smooth black and white coat, then covering it entirely. The soft rack is framed as he placed final stone on top of the frame that marked the little grave. A little mournful family, family that, that sometime later made their way home. Fiona held Duncan's hand for a good bit of the way. Several times, as his father placed his big arm across Duncan's shoulder, brushing a tear from her eye, his mother planted a kiss on his cheek. Jenny wailed and sobbed in anguish. Sarah Duncan's mother threatened to give her no supper if she if she didn't stop. Angus tried reaching up and patting his big brother, comforting him. But there was no comfort to Duncan. It's a great loss, you lad, said Duncan's father tenderly. A great loss indeed. Aye, 
said, what all the hate was applied. Alright, it is. So that was chapter two. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later, see ya, see ya. Later, bye guys.